Jesus. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your mercies. We worship you, Jesus. We glorify your name. Can we lift our hands to heaven all across this place? How lovely is the tabernacle of the Lord. How wonderful is it to be in your courts. One day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be in the courts of my Lord than sit in the tent of wickedness. And this morning, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of standing in your presence. We glorify you. We worship you. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. Change our hearts, change our lives forever. Come on, just lift those hands to heaven. Lord, we glorify your name. We say, come, Lord Jesus, come. You are welcome in this house. This is your church. This is your people. Come and do what you want. But I ask you, Holy Spirit, that the church will hear what the Spirit is saying in this hour. I pray that this message, Lord, shall transform every single life in this place. That no man or woman will leave as they came. But there will be a new hunger, a new interest in the things of God. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. As your praises comes, we welcome you. We welcome your Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making Jesus real. That's the key, people. If you have come here for healing, let Jesus be more real than your sickness. And then you get your healing. Don't come seeking provision. Come to seek the provider. Don't come looking for healing, but seek the healer. When you find the healer, you find your healing. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. We love you and we bless your holy name. Come on, can we give Jesus a great hand of praise in this place? Hallelujah. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Come on, as always, before you take your seat, would you encourage somebody and say, today's your day for a miracle. Thank you, guys. Come on, encourage somebody. Today is your day for a miracle. Long weekend in South Africa. A lot of people away, but for those of you that's here, for all our uh, uh, viewers around the world. By the way, can we just welcome the viewers around the world? Can we just give them a hand and just make them feel welcome? Oh, what a day to be alive. Who's excited to be here? I just want to quickly, uh, we don't glorify the devil at all. Uh, during the week, they broke into our church. Again, six of them. And uh, obviously, it's somebody that knew the property. Because the, I, I think we spent at least 300,000 rand of security already on this property. And so you can see on the cameras that picked them up how they bypassed certain systems. And so I spoke to a, a, a friend of mine the other day, and he said to me, the only reason why the devil attacks your church is because of the threat that you are for the kingdom of God. He says, if the, if, if the devil does not attack you, there's no threat. He says, your, your church is a threat in, to the kingdom of darkness in South Africa. So we thank God that the devil has taken notice of this church. And so we've done more, uh, more security than 
you know, last week we spent thousands again just to upgrade everything. But this is fr from a preacher that I'm asking you. Anybody that, we live in South Africa, all right, where there's no law. They, people do whatever they want to do. If you carry a gun, I ask you, please bring it to church. Because we want to protect every single one. And I've got two guns, I promise you. <laughs> so we will cast out devils from me. How can a preacher ask to bring guns? I just did. They target, you know how many churches are being targeted in South Africa? There's certain churches that when they pick up an offering, they have a whole escort of security just to escort the money out of the facility because we've got animals that does not care about people's lives. They will kill you for 10 rand. But when you come here, you're going to die. So we, I, I want to put big boards. Put it outside. Say, so you come here. <laughs> So, um, in any case, there was a church recently, not far from here, while they were worshipping, people came in, guns were taken out, one of the congregants had to shoot the criminals in the church. I'm not joking with you, this is the times that we're living in, and obviously, um, as long as you come here, we will do anything in our power to keep everybody safe, but we live in South Africa, unfortunately, yeah, I said it, unfortunately, and uh, it's a madhouse. Amen. But we believe that the Lord is going to change it and turn it all around. How many of you believe that? So please pray for us. We really need your prayers. And then also pray for our upcoming trip to the United States. I'll be preaching in seven states. There's 50 states in America. I'll be in seven. And so I'm gonna, we're going to travel like crazy. And we, we, we believe God for supernatural miracles, financial breakthroughs for that trip. But long story short, I'm going to give you a word today that I want to, I want to put an emphasis on everything. And, and, and this message is for every single one. So I want you to do me a favor and turn to your neighbor and say, today he's going to preach for you. Please turn to your other neighbor and say, today's message is absolutely going to be for you. And I'll tell you why. Because I believe this is what the Spirit of God say to the church in this hour. So I, I don't want to say that this will be the most important message of this year, but this will be the most important message of the year. So it's, I, I really do believe this, this has been coming in my heart for a month at least, where the Lord has been speaking to me in my, I call it my secret chambers. And so I want to just deliver this message to you today. Is that fine? I think the worst thing that can ever happen to a boxer a boxer, is when the boxer becomes civilized. When the boxer is hungry, he becomes a champion. The minute they become world champions, most of them become sophisticated. They become businessmen. How many of you understand what I'm saying? The hunger starts to diminish because he already is the champion of the world. That's how most boxers slip up because they lose the hunger. Wave at me if you're still, still awake. They become sophisticated. They're no longer the animals that they used to be. Hungry. Come on, they get into that ring. They will kill anything in front of them because they're hungry. They've got a vision. They know what their plan is. But the minute success comes, what happens? They become civilized. Most Christians are civilized boxers. In the beginning, when they give their life to Jesus Christ, they are on fire. They have a, a hunger on the inside of them. It, nothing will stop them. But as time progresses, they lose the hunger, and then they lose what it's all about. I want to let everybody in this building hear me. 
We live and we move and we have our being because of Jesus Christ. I want you to lift your hand. Lift the other one. Come on, lift your leg. You can't even do that without Jesus. The Bible says in Him, in Him, we live and we move and we have our being. In other words, everything that has been created has been created for Him. Listen to me right now. I'm going to say a hard thing. Wives, you have not been made for your husband. Husbands, you have not been made for your wives. You were first of all made for Jesus Christ. You were created for His pleasure, number one. Come on, shout, somebody shout hallelujah. So the, what, what Christians do is Christians lose their hunger. They lose their interest and they lose their first love. And I'm, I'm telling you what I'm telling you today. You better hear the Spirit of God is speaking. Because unless the church comes back to what it's all about. In other words, I'm not on the earth. I'm speaking to you. You're not on the earth to just exist. To live from one holiday to the other holiday. To live from a Monday to a Sunday and then again month to month. You have not been put on this earth for that purpose. You have been put on this earth for His purpose, for His kingdom, for His expansion. Are you listening to me? Let's open up our Bibles to a hard word. Matthew chapter, chapter 10, verse 37, 38. I'm going to read a couple of verses just to build a base. Then we're going to get into the Word of God. But I want you to listen. This is, this, is a, this is a hard word, but this is what the Spirit of the Lord say to the church. Matthew chapter 10, 37, 38. There we go. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Can I, can, I, can I ask you to just go back? He who loves father or mother more than me. This is Jesus speaking. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Then he goes on, he says, and unless you pick up your cross and follow him, you are not worthy of him. In other words, let me, let, let me go. Let me go to the next one. And then I'll, I'll preach to you. Luke 14, 25 to 33. This is some hard passages. It says, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and his sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I want to read that again. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife and his children, his brothers and his sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who come against him with 20,000. Or else, while the hour is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Forsake all. Unless you forsake all, you cannot be my disciple. I've got 
three, four more. Luke 18, 28 to 29. Then Peter said, see, we have left all and followed you. So he said to him, assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Next one. That, by the way, that he says, that will not receive in this life and the life to come. He says in this life a hundredfold return houses and the life to come eternal life. So there's a couple, I can go on. The book of, I want to give you one more, but I want to explain before I'm going to get here. So here Jesus comes and he says, this is the condition of being my disciple. By the way, when he says that, you, when you start to build, you have to consider the cost. What he's actually saying is, there is a price to follow Jesus. It is not something that is just cheap. Are you listening to me? Christianity is not cheap. It cost him his whole life. But here comes Jesus. He says, I want to tell you, if anybody loves father or mother more than me, or you love your wife, your children, your car, your business, your vacations, anything that you love above me, you cannot follow me, you cannot be my disciple. This is what the Spirit of God is saying in this hour. You will have to leave everything behind and say, I'm solely going to rely on Him. I'm going to follow Him with all of my heart. This means that if you lose your mother, your father, your wife, your husband, your children for the sake of the gospel, don't be sad, but rejoice because in this life and the life to come, there's a reward for people who forsake everything for the gospel's sake. I know there's a saying, there's no place like home. I said to the Lord the other day, I said, I was thinking in my mind, how many times I've traveled, slept somewhere else, in a hotel room, in a Bed and breakfast in a stable, intense for the gospel's sake. And it comes to my mind, there's no place like home. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord rebuke me. And He says, this is not your home. Heaven is your home. Heaven is your home. And so wherever I go, I have to say, this is not my home. If God gives me a permanent residency anywhere in the world, it will not be my home. My home is in heaven. Because every time God gives me something, I'll have to forsake it. I know, I'm a preacher that stands in front of you that knows what it means to get rid of houses and cars and furniture and all the security that you think you can have for the gospel's sake. We've been there. But he, when he comes now, he goes further and he goes deep. He says, I'm telling you, if, any, if anybody does not hate, the word hate is not a literal hate that I want to kill you hate. It means that I will lose you. I'm going to say a hard thing. This preacher is telling you a hard thing. Wives, if you have to choose between your husband and Jesus, kick him out. Pack his bags because he's not worthy. Are you listening to me? Husbands, if you have to choose between the calling of God and a woman, choose the calling. Or rather, let me rephrase, choose Jesus. Please hear me. This is the plan for God in a family. Jesus is the head of your house. Then the husband. Then the wife. Then the children. Then the other family. That's the condition. But Jesus is the head. Jesus is the head. Say with me, Jesus is the head. Say it again. Jesus is the head. Now, when the Spirit of God started speaking to me on this, I'm going to read you one more in a second. But imagine, this is what the Lord's saying to the church, that 
it's going to cost you everything. My question to you is basically, what gift do you give to the king? What's the gift that you bear? If there's anything in your life, any possession that's more important than Jesus, that means more to you. I've spoken to you about this many times. But when God gave Abraham a breakthrough called Isaac, do you know what he did? He tested Isaac or Abraham to see whether Abraham loves God more than the breakthrough. So many people serve the Lord for what they can give him. Come on, people love Jesus when they know that he can give me a breakthrough. But they've lost their love for him. Everything became more important. On a Sunday, they would rather cycle than pray and seek the face of God. We would rather spend our times in a mall than we spend our times together in the house of the living God. Because Jesus has not been our number one anymore. We have put him on the side. And whenever we need a miracle, we call upon his name. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, unless you hate and forsake everything else, you cannot follow Him. You cannot follow Jesus. You'll have to come in a point in your life where the Lord wants to bless you. How many of you believe in the blessing of the Lord? Wave at me. But if that house is more important than Jesus, then you have failed. Are you listening to me? If the new sports car has your heart and not Jesus Christ, you've missed it. If you think the money in your bank account is your Alpha and your Omega, you have not met Jesus Christ who can heal and restore and save every heart. You have to come to a place in your life where there's no competition between a family member. If you have to leave people behind, you'll have to say, Lord, it breaks my heart, but I know there's a reward for those who diligently seek you. I'm not placed on this earth for any other reason but to preach the gospel. You have not been placed on this earth. You know, listen to me right now. Some of you have received talents from the Lord. That talent is not to play in the world. That talent is supposed to go back to the one who has given you the talent to expand this kingdom. The job that you are working at is not there because you need to make ends meet. I wish people could get this revelation. God has not placed you in a workplace so that you can make ends meet. He has placed you there for His kingdom. The business that you have is not for you. It's for the expansion of His kingdom. Let me explain something. Do you know what the Bible says? He says to who? Much is given. Much shall be required. This means everything that God has given you on the earth, you'll give accountability before him one day for how you've used it, for what gift you brought to the king. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? So here he comes again, unless you, you hate father, mother, brother, sister, you, you can't be my follower. I've heard so many women Say, I can't live without him. You can't live without Jesus. You can't live without the one who holds everything. The whole universe in the span of his hands. Now, I know this might sound hard, but he says, if you love your children more than you love him, you're not worthy of him. If you love that sin more than you love him, you're not worthy of him. Are you listening to me? I feel Jesus in this house, and I, I want you to hear, this is not me speaking. This is the Spirit of the Lord say it's time that you get back to your first love and get back to what everything is all about. It's all about Him. We don't come here on a Sunday just for you. We come here for Him. For Him. I don't preach for the audience of 10 or 20,000. I preach for the audience of one. 
And Jesus is his name because everything is about him. I don't want to stand before him one day and he say, go away, I never knew you. The Bible says this very clearly. Many will come in that day and say, Lord, we have cast out demons. We have raised the dead and healed the sick and prophesied. And I will say, go away, I never knew you. Do you know why? Because they love the gifts more than the giver of the gifts. Miracles will sustain in your life when you love the lover or the giver of the gift. You become a lover of him, not the gifts. Stop loving miracles and start loving the miracle worker. That's what it's about. It's all about Jesus. Come on, shout, it's all about Jesus. I've been in airplanes many times where I was crying. Lord, I don't want to go. I would rather be with my family. But that's the flesh speaking. And when the spirit man comes to, then I say, Lord, I'll pay this price gladly. I've been in nations two weeks at a time by myself. Nobody with me. I preach. They take me back to a small room. And I sat in that small room. Me and God. I've been there many times. I know what it means to forsake all. God asked us a house. We gave a house by faith. We gave all our money away. We gave cars away. We gave clothing away. We gave furniture away. I know what it means to forsake all. What if God says today, he knocks on your heart, he says, you know that Isaac, I want it. But Lord Isaac is so precious. Isaac means so much. Isaac was so expensive. Isaac is so great. Isaac is so beautiful. And he says, that's what I want. You see, the reason that people don't realize is God was not after Isaac. He was after Abraham. The only way to Abraham was through Isaac. Sometimes God says, I want you Isaac, not for you Isaac, but to get to your heart. And the only way to get to your heart is through that Isaac. Come on, shout yes. yes. Listen to this in the book of Matthew 19. And in the book of Luke 18, you'll find the same same uh, chapter or same, same story. Let's go there. Matthew 19. This is about the rich man. Do we have it? Okay, let me go there. Matthew 19 verse 18. It says, uh, I want to go before that. So, excuse me. I want to go from verse 16. So this is Matthew 19, 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, good teacher, what good thing shall I do that, I'm, that I might have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. This is Jesus' word, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false, false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbors yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth, what do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But the young man heard this, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now I want you to understand this. There's a rich man that he says, Lord, what should I do to have eternal life? Jesus says, you have to follow the commandments. He says, you know, I've done that. I've done all that. Have you, have you considered this, that one of the commandments is you shall honor your father and your mother. Let me say that again. You shall honor your father and your mother. This means if my children are not disciplined, they grow up, they're going to miss heaven. Because one of the conditions is you shall honor your father and your mother. I'm not just speaking about small kids. I'm speaking about big kids. You don't take care of your 
parents, shame on you. Shame on us. Okay, that's just my, my two cents, but let's go on. Then Jesus says, you want to be perfect? Because this man came and he comes and he says, I keep all the commandments. Jesus says, no, hang on, there's one that you miss. There's just one that you miss. You want to be perfect? Go sell all your stuff. Now, here's the thing. Jesus did not want him to sell all his stuff. Jesus wanted to show him that the one commandment that he breaks is the most powerful commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your being. In other words, if the rich man said, I will sell everything, Jesus would have said, you are perfected. You don't need to sell your stuff. Because the Lord touched something. You didn't hear me. I honor my mother, my father. I'm not an adulterer, Lord. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a liar. I don't bear false witness. Jesus says, okay, there's one thing that I've got against you. You don't love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You don't love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Because if I told you to sell your stuff and you love God with all of your heart, you would have said, yes, Lord. Imagine this. There's two scenarios to the story. Number one, I believe Jesus would have said to him, I don't want you to sell your stuff. You perfect it. And now I know that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Again, a lot of people love the Lord until he asks them for money. Until he says, clear out your bank account. Give away your house. Give away your car. Oh, I'm touching on something right now. Come on, we love God. Oh, we love the Lord. And he says, you want to be perfect? Sell everything you got. Let me see whether your heart is on the money. Oh, whether your heart's on me. Number two, the, the second scenario. If that man gave away everything and followed Christ Jesus, I promise you, the Lord would have given him back a hundredfold. Because the Bible says this. Come on, let every religious spirit get mad at me right now. The Bible says anybody who gives up property, lands, houses for his kingdom will receive in this life. Read the Bible. In this life, a hundredfold. And the life to come, eternal life. I don't know about you, but in heaven, there's already a mansion waiting for me. My reward is already waiting for vessel just to come into heaven. Are you listening? But while we're here, we will be blessed because He's the Alpha, He's the Omega, He's the beginning, and He's the end. It's funny how Jesus says, follow me. This man gave up Christ. He forsook Jesus because he had a lot of possessions. What gifts do we bring to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? I'm asking you that question again. What gifts do we bring to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? You see, this is the thing, people. You can respect with words, but you cannot honor with words. You honor with substance. You can't go to the Lord and say, I honor you, but there's no substance. You can respect God with words, but you honor with substance. Write that down, somebody. You respect with words, but you honor with substance. Every time they go to kings, Nobody goes empty-handed. Think about this. King Solomon was the richest man alive. When, when the queen came to visit him, she didn't say, well, you don't need the money. Okay, maybe you hear me. She brought him gold. He was filthy rich. So you honor with substance. You don't go to the Lord empty-handed. When David wanted to build God a tabernacle, they wanted to give him a property. He said, I will not give anything to God that, that, that did not cost me anything. It must cost me something. Because I need to present it to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. 
Let me say that again. If you don't love God more than you love your mother, your father, your wife, your husband, your children, your familiarity, your security, your bank account, you are not worthy of Him. Oh, yes, it's nice and cozy where you are right now, but you want to miss the plan of God because you cannot deny everything else. This is why Jesus says, pick up your cross. Follow me. It's mean, it's painful. You've, you know, so many people, you know, I give my life to Jesus. Now the enemies is attacking me. He will. But we have the victory. We are more than conquerors. More than overcomers. But there's a price. Shout, there's a price. A lot of people, can, you can talk about your love for God. But let me tell you, when it becomes a reality, when you can truly see the lordship of Jesus Christ over your finances. That's when you truly know when somebody loves God. You know the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is a lover of God. Now, there's a reason I'm telling you this, because we are living in a materialistic world. People's got more faith in the shoes they bought. They love the they new art in the house more. What if God says that art on your wall, I want you to give it away. Oh Lord, speak to the other ear. Speak to the other ear, Lord. I was in Finland, and I'm preaching in Finland, but the glory of God is in that place. A guy ran out to the front with his car keys. He says, the Lord says, take my car. And I, I, I thought to myself, okay, maybe he's just, you know, he's emotional. I'm not going to just go on. He shouted, the Lord says, take my car. It's about three, four, five times. After the service he came to me, he says, take my car. I said, I can't drive from Finland to South Africa. Thank you, but keep your car. No. God says it's my prized possession. I need to give away my car. And suddenly, when he calmed down, he said, okay, I'm selling my car. I'm giving the money to the ministry. And I blessed him, and I went. A week after that, he contacted me. He says, my car sold. Here's the money coming from Finland to the ministry. Imagine that. A lot of people will say, you know, here's my car until you're gone. Now imagine this. Let me just say this to you. There's a revival in the book of Acts. Now I'm getting some, I'm getting to the good part now. There's a revival in the book of Acts. Souls are getting saved. The outpour of the Holy Spirit just happened. You know, these people are hungry for God. Hungry for a move of the Spirit of the Lord. There's only one thing that matters. To expand the kingdom. The Bible says now in the book of Acts, they took everything they had extra. If somebody had four cars, <laughs> four camels, extra property, they sold it. They brought it back to the church to lay it at the apostles' feet. Now, if I tell people today, sell your possessions, bring it to church, it's going to be headline news, report, false prophet. In centurion, ask people's money, sell their houses. But back then they realized something. That what God is going to do, when God asks you for a property, let me give you an example. If God says, sell your property, whatever. You think that God's going to leave you without a property? God is setting you up for something bigger. But what is keeping you away from your next is the Isaac that you don't want to give up. Are you listening to me? God can't take you next because the Isaac that you cling to has become your God. He has become your Alpha. He has become your Omega. The minute you say, Lord, this world does not have me. Amen. I'm just passing through. 
I'm here to shake the kingdom of darkness. Come on and bring the glorious light to God's people. But when I leave this earth, there's a reward. Does this mean that I, I'm, I'm telling you that God doesn't want you to be blessed on the earth? No. What I'm telling you is, if God asks you for everything, you better give Him everything. Not just glimpses, not just little bits. I was in, in America and I got the offering and I put it in my bag. Now I'm going to somebody else's meeting, somebody else's, somebody else's preaching. And I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to take all the money. But I thought to myself, you know, maybe it's just me. And I took out some of the money. So I closed my bag. I heard the Lord said, I've asked you for everything. It's mine. Yes, Lord. I've opened the bag. I took everything. I gave it away to another minister. The minute it leaves my hands, it feels like the best day on the earth. I don't know about you. How many of you love to give? Lift your hands. How many of you felt that when you give, you feel exciting? Yes, I made somebody's day. Hello? I bless somebody. Why is that? It's because you feel the love of the Father. If you don't like to give, it's because you don't have the heart of the Father in you. Come on, somebody shout yes. <coughs> so, are you enjoying this? So when the rich man, when Jesus said, you want to be perfect because there's one commandment that you break. You don't love the Lord your God of all of your heart. You love your money, your possessions. With all of your heart. That's what you love. And so, again, if, if he gave away everything, Jesus would have restored him a hundred times. Do you know this, this is what the Bible says? In this life, God will give you a hundredfold. In this life. Say with me, in this life. So in other words, when I get rid of Isaac, what happens? There's multiplication coming. Because then the Lord sees that Isaac is not, God, not what has my heart. I have returning to my first love. The Lord has been using us with, with the miracle ministry for, for many years. And thank God that it's, you know, it's, it's getting noticed all over the world. I mean, all over the world, everywhere where we go, people know us. They know our ministry, everywhere where we go. But the Lord brought me to a place in my heart, and I feel, it feels so tender when I say this. They say to me that don't look to become famous. Don't ever come to a place in your life where you love the miracles more than you love me. The other night I was in bed, I think it was 1 a.m. in the morning, and I got up out of bed because I felt the pudding just to go and pray. I went to my prayer room, and I just closed my door, and he was there. I mean, he, 1 o'clock in the morning, and he says, it's time. Because he must be everything. He must be worth more than your sleep. Oh, you didn't listen to me. Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's load shedding. Who cares? He's my alpha. He's my omega. Oh, my, my omega. I, I, you know, call me religious. They want to invite me to a, to a wedding on a Sunday. You go to your own wedding. There's a better wedding. Come on. Call me to a funeral on a Sunday. Let the dead bury the dead. We're going to have church. Come on, tell your neighbor he's talking to you. Say with me, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Can I just say this one more time? God is not giving you the blessing. He did not tell Abraham, I'm going to give you a blessing so that you can tell people how much you have. He said, I'm going to bless you so that you can become a blessing. God has blessed me. Lift your hands and say, Lord, bless me so that I can become a blesser. Come on, I want to be the blessing to somebody's prayer. 
Come on, if you are serious about this, God will become serious. Bless me so that I can bless others. If I have to tell you how much stuff I've given away, myself and Eileen, how much stuff we have given away that we can sell, we can sell. We sold it, we did not sold it, we, <laughs> we, we just gave it away. Count it up. But I've realized that the sewing account has got a bigger interest rate than the selling account. You get more from God when you give something away than from what you sell it. Are you listening to me? You know, sometimes I see people sell something for 200 bucks. Now, I understand that I don't know what, what their life is, what their situation is. But my mind says, you know, 200 rand is not going to kill you. Sow it. Because that 200 can become 400. But when you sell it, it's just 200. But when you sow it, God will multiply it. Because God sees what's your heart. Say amen. Tithe and offering is just because of obedience. When God says, I want you to tithe and offer, read it again in Malachi chapter 3. He does not say offering or tithe. He says tithe and offering. It's two clear different things. But the reason why he's asking it is because to see our obedience. That's what it's about. I want you to listen to me. It's not your hard work that brought the blessing. It's not how clever you are that brought the blessing. The Bible says you shall remember the Lord your God. It is He who has given you the power to get wealth. Come on, what does the Bible say? He says the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. And He adds no sorrow to it. In other words, you are not rich because of you. I'm speaking to the born again people. Because you would ask me the question, they said, what about sinners? Some of the sinners are very wealthy. Let me tell you, the way they got their blessing is the way they have to keep their blessing. They got it through strive and stress. And it can, it can leave tomorrow. But when God blesses you, He blesses you perpetually. No, you didn't hear me. I said, God blesses you perpetually. This means He's the one who gives it to you. He's the one that will protect it. Hallelujah. If God gave you that business, no man can take it away. I said, no man can take it away. God's plan for your life is not based on who leaves you. God's got a covenant with you, not with those who have left you. Are you listening to me right now? Shout, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Think about the tithe and offering. It's only for the obedient. God only requires that from those who will obey. That's it. You say, I don't give tithe and offering. Don't. Don't worry about your tithe and offering. Keep your tithe and offering. But don't run to the Lord and say, Lord, my finances is a mess. Banks are failing all over the world right now. What's going to keep the body of Christ? Our sowing account. Now, again, I want to go back to that verse. Unless you hate mother, father, wife, husband, son, daughter. Unless you hate the comfort of your life, you cannot be a follower of Christ. Unless you say, Lord, I love you, but I love this too. You can't be a follower of the Lord. When he said you have to forsake, or what did he say? Pick up your cross and follow me. So the, the main thing is this. We have to come back to our first love because many will stand in that day and he will say, go away, I never knew you. You can have all the gifts. You can have all the Bible knowledge. Unless, this is why I want to say this boldly. I want to be that man that say this. That prayer that you say, Lord, forgive my sin, come into my heart, does not save you. 
Repentance is change. And when you change, it means that there's a man that takes over your life. You fall in love with him. That's not the neighbor. Come on now. It's Jesus Christ, your first love. You follow his instructions. What should I do to be saved? You better follow the commandments. Did you know there's more commandments than the law? There's 613 laws. There's a thousand and something commandments. He said, Lord, I've, I've been keeping it all. Jesus says, let me show you how to be perfect. Let me show you how to be perfect. You have to love the Lord your God more than all your possessions. If the Lord, I want to ask you this question. If the Lord knocks on your heart right now and says, your prized possession, give it away. Ask, ask somebody the one that I said, if you have 10,000 rand right now, what will you do? He said, I'll buy something. I said, you won't give it to the minister or to a church. No, never. I said, let me ask you that again. If you have 10,000 rand, what will you do? He said, I'll definitely go and buy this and this. I said, so you will not give it to the ministry or to a cause of God? No, I, I can't because I'm not there. Then the scripture comes to your mind. Wherever your treasure is, your heart shall be also. Again, not everybody in this building is a CEO. Are you listening to me? Not everybody in this building is a multimillionaire. Not everybody in this church is a preacher. But what you have, you'll give accountability for. In other words, if much has been given to you. In other words, what people don't realize, the more you have, the greater the responsibility that you carry. Amen? You can be Elon Musk. Elon Musk misses everything that God has called him to do. That money is supposed to support the gospel. No preacher watching me, no preacher in this world that's worth his salt should beg for money to go to a place and preach the gospel. It should not be that way. Churches should not have building funds. Churches should say, I'm the preacher. This is what God says. Then a light must spring up in somebody that says, I can build. Come on, I can plow. I can sow. I can reap, whatever. Whatever God has given you that ability, that's what you have to figure out here. This is why I'm alive. I'm not alive to exist. I'm alive to build the kingdom of God. Because every blessing, every promise goes back to one scripture. First seek ye the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the other things shall be added unto us. <clears throat> Think about this. Here's the Son of God. He's being born now. This, this is the night where, where Mary is going to have baby Jesus. And so let me explain to you quickly, very quickly, because a lot of people look at Jesus and he says, they say, poor baby Jesus. You know, it was a poor little baby born in a manga. Let me explain to you what happened. It was a time where everybody in Israel needed to be counted. So the husband had to go back to the place of his birth. Joseph was born in Bethlehem. He had, so basically, he went back to Bethlehem. A child comes when a child wants to come. Come, where's the ladies now? You don't tell that child, hey, pull yourself back in there. You can't kiss that child. <laughs> if that child says, eh, it's where? Now, Jesus came the exact time that he was supposed to come. But prophecy was fulfilled because it says the Messiah shall be born in Bethlehem. So in other words, read the Bible. 
It says there was no more room in the inn. The hotels were full. Do you understand this? The only place where she could give birth was in a manga. Because the inn was full. Not because poor baby Jesus, he was so dirt poor. It's wrong theology. I said it's wrong theology. Can I ask you a question? Here comes the son of God, God himself. His father is the great king of heaven. And he sends his poor little child to suffer on the earth. Are we thinking about what we're saying? I said, are we thinking about what we're saying? The father is going to look at his son and say, suffer, suffer. No, that's not. The suffering that he took was upon his physical body for us. He took the sin of the world. He took the sickness of this world. But when he came to earth, I mean, think about this. Have you ever saw Jesus anywhere in the scriptures that says that Jesus had a telephone? Jesus had a, uh, you know, he, he said, listen, we, Jesus Christ evangelistic ministry has got a problem financially. And we need a fundraising and we need God to do something right now. Never. It says everything that he needed was supplied. Peter comes and he says, Lord, it's time to pay tax. Jesus says, no problem. Just catch a fish in the fish's mouth. There will be a gold coin. It means that his father supplied. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody was standing on the Sea of Galilee fishing and a gold coin fell out. And God says, that will be sufficient for my son to pay his taxes. You didn't hear me. God supplied all of his needs. Save all of his needs. So let's go back to that. So the reason why he was born in a manga is because the inn was full. Say with me, the inn was full. Say it again. So the inn was full. Then the Bible speaks about the wise men. Now, what we do is, I'm just going to quote this quickly. What we say is we, we see this whole Christmas story about Jesus in a small manga and three wise men appears to the manga and brings him gifts. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have seen that? You get ornaments in the shop, three wise men, here they are in a small manga with Jesus. We've got it all wrong. Because the wise men did not find Jesus in the manga. They did not find Jesus at the night of his birth. If you read the Bible. So Jesus was, was born in Bethlehem because the inn was full. They needed to be counted. Joseph had to go back to his hometown. You understand that, right? So the baby said, Wah, I'm coming now. So the Bible says like she gave birth right there. If you study the word of God, there was a star in the sky. I call it the morning star. The morning star announced the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The wise men, we say it's three wise men, but the Bible does not say it's three wise men. The Bible, the people say it's three wise men because they brought three different gifts. But I want to show you a story in the scripture about these wise men. Now, we, we know this, and it might sound like a cliche, but think about this. These wise men seek Jesus. Wise men still seek him. How many wise men do we have in this church? Wise men still seek him. If you read the Bible in the, in the Gospels accounts, you'll find out that when the wise men, when they saw the star, they went to Jerusalem. And they said, where is this king that has been born? Because they were astronomers. They knew how to read stars. They were wealthy folk. Some scholars reckon some of them in the caravan were kings of different nations that came to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords. And, and Herod heard that there's a king born and he 
thought, oh my goodness, my kingdom is in, there's going to be problems. Where is this king? He's in Bethlehem. What they did not realize, this king was no longer in Bethlehem. He was in Nazareth. If you study the word of God. So the king, Herod said, when you find him, bring him to me so that I can pay my due to him. That was not his plan. He wanted to kill this baby. Long story short, they've journeyed and found him not in Bethlehem. The Bible says they found the young child with his mother in Nazareth in a house. In other words, they had a house. He did not sleep on the street, as some people believe. They had a house. Say with me, a house. I want to just throw this out quickly. They were warned not to go back to Herod because Herod seeked to kill the king. All right? So what happened? Herod heard and he says, every child under the age of two years old should be killed. So they reckon Jesus was about two years old when the wise men <laughs> found him. Now there's a guy, I want to give his name. His name is Peter J. Daniels. He's a Christian billionaire. He committed himself to get people, scholars, to follow the story of these wise men, how they traveled and the gifts they brought. And he spent a lot of money because he wanted to find out how did it work. They reckon that wise men traveled in a caravan of 300 people. 300, say 300, not three. Caravans, because the Bible says when Herod and the city heard it, they trembled because they thought it is an army that's invading. Are you listening to me? They thought it's an army coming to take over. This king is going to come and take, take the kingdom by force. They thought it's an army. They've, they've realized these were wise men that followed the trail. When they got to the house of Jesus, the Bible says they were exceedingly joyful, exceedingly glad because they found the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And they brought him gifts. I'm asking you a question. What gift are you bringing to the king? What price possession? I'm not talking to you about your forehand. Okay, let me speak to this side. I, I'm, not small, I'm not talking to you about your second. I'm talking to you about the best of the best, which is fit for a king. 300 of them brought gifts. And we understand they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know that frankincense and myrrh was worth more than the gold back then? Okay, I want you to high-five your neighbor and say, hey, he's definitely talking to you now. Come on, say it again. I want you to think about this. Joseph was a carpenter. His father was a carpenter, meaning Joseph had his own business. Joseph was working for himself. Now, please hear me. According to these scholars, they reckon that if they have to, if they have to figure out what was fit for a king back in the day, then they realize how much, how much uh, each king had to bring of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They reckon it should have added up to about $4 million in today's time that they brought to the king of kings and the lord of lords. The reason for that is God spoke to Joseph and he says, Herod is seeking the child's life. Flee to Egypt. He did not stand up and say, Father, where will the money come from? How am I going to get your child there? The money was provided. They went over to Egypt a couple of years. No questions asked. Everything was provided. Think about this, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Obviously the gold, it shows that he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. The frankincense speaks about Christ as the priest, because that's what priests used. 
and the myrrh spoke about his death and his burial because it speaks about embalmment, to embalm him. So when the wise men came, listen to me, when the wise men came, they gave of their time, say with me time, talents, treasures, and testimonies. Let me start with number one, the time. They journeyed from far, so they brought him a gift of time. When you come to church, when you pray, you spend time in the presence of the Lord. When everybody else is sleeping, you bring a gift of your time to the King of Kings. Time is the most expensive commodity in this world. Time is more expensive than all the gold. Because you can have all the money, you can be the richest man in the world if you don't have time. Do you know when you die right now? Your money is not going into that grave of you. Even if you make your wife sign the testament, you put everything in there. Where you're going next, it's not going with you. If you're going to heaven, you won't need that money. Everything over there is free. Shout hallelujah. So, these wise men brought the gift of time. Have you noticed it's April? Before you can say hallelujah, it's August. And then jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Another year is gone. Your children is growing up like this. Parents, listen to me. Love them, kiss them, hang on them. Whew. Love your babies. Because they grow up like. So time. When you invest time in the kingdom of God, God will add time to your life. Everything that you do, when you do it for the Lord in time, with, with your time, it's a gift of time that you present to the king. And that gift of time is worth everything. Are you listening to me? Most people on the deathbeds would tell you, if I can just do that again, if I can just change that again. But time is gone. <laughs> so I want you to say the gift of time. <clears throat> That's what those wise men brought to the king of kings. A gift of time. Now again, every time you say, I am going to forsake mother, father, brother, family, bride. I'll skip, I'll, I'll skip this Christmas. I'll skip this wedding on this Sunday. Because I'm going to give my time to the king of kings. There's a reward. Because you bring, you present to him the gift of time. They've journeyed far away. If they can journey from far, you can journey from far. There's a lot of people that come to this church, they journey from very far. You think God looks at it and says, oh, thank you. No, there's a reward. There's a huge reward for somebody that says, it's not my time in any case. The time that I have on the earth. Can I, can I, just, can I just grab another verse quickly? Can I, quickly? How many approvals do I have on this side? <laughs> there's a prophet, Elisha. The Bible says the school of the prophets is getting too big. The prophets come to him and say, it's time to expand. He says, go down to the lake, to the river, cut down trees, and we're going to build a bigger church facility. And, 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 you know, the prophet says, we will go, but you go with us. Because the blessing of God is with you, so come with us. <coughs> the Bible says, he agreed, they go down to the river. Yeah, they are cutting down trees. But one of, the, one of those prophets in training used a axe that was not his it was borrowed and he was cutting this tree 
And the Bible says the axe head came off and it fell into the water and he ran to the man of God. He says, man of God. He says in our translation, he says, alas, master, for it was borrowed. The axe was not mine. I borrowed it from somebody else. So we understand this, this axe head was blunt. It was not sharp. If it was sharp, it would have not come off. It was blunt. And so it came off. And here's what he says. It's not mine. I'm telling you right now, your time is not yours. It's borrowed. The money that you it's not yours. It's borrowed. Your business is not yours. It's borrowed. God has placed you as the CEO maybe of your business or he has placed you in the company that you work for, but it's not yours. It's his. It's his time. Come on. It's his resources. It's his money. It's his it's his ministry. It's his church. If this message does not move you, I promise you nothing will move you. If you come to me, it's still my time. Then you're going to die young. It's not your time. I prayed in, in times where I did not want to pray. Because I've realized if God just moves a pinky finger from my life, I turn back to dust. Nothing, all the success is his. I said it's his ministry, it's his church, it's his anointing, it's his giftings. We are just the ones that he says, I've seen something in you, Ivan, that I trust. Imagine this. The car that you drive, God has trusted you. The shoes you walk in, God has trusted you. Are you listening to me? The clothes that I have on my back, God has entrusted me with this. What do you mean God has entrusted you with clothing? I'm thankful. I take care of it. Ooh, hallelujah. Oh, look at his shoes. Hey, 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 hey. Be thankful. You don't know what that guy has been through. To be in that shoes. If there's one thing that I hate with a passion, is people that criticizes people's clothing. I can't handle it. You don't know where that man and woman has come from. This jacket can be ugly to you. But to me, maybe it's a breakthrough. How do you know? Am I asking the right questions this morning? So number one, the gift of time. This is what God wants you to always realize. It's not yours. How many of you understand time that when you don't discipline your children, you shorten their life? Do you know that? It's in the Bible. If you discipline your children, God gives them long life. Wow. I'm not talking to discipline your wife. You discipline your kids. The Bible says, if you withhold the rod, or if you don't withhold the rod, you will spare their life. In other words, so when, you, when you train them, Come on, discipline them. I never have to spank my children, never. I mean, Dylan and Katie is too big to spank today. I think they will spank me. I told them the other day, let me next. They grabbed me. Now they started wrestling me. They bring you more work, man. But because of respect, I can just say, hey, and it's like, You know why that is? Because when I grew up, my parents never counted. I'm only counting to three. One. Okay, two. Two and a half. Two and a biggie. Three. No, they counted after. They hit me. Bang! Okay, Ian. Okay, cool. It's a problem. 
Geef hem zout, geef hem zout. Zeker <laughs> water, zeker water. <laughs> and it works. So, so, so with me the gift of time. Say it again. Everything that you do, you, you clean the toilets, it's written in heaven. You cut the grass, written in heaven. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody. Whatever you do to the least, Jesus says, I was cold. You gave me something to wear. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. Lord, when were you thirsty? When were you cold? He said, whatever you've done to the least of them, you've done unto me. Say amen. amen. You know how many ministers of the gospel I've honored with time. I'll go to their meetings. I honor their, their time. And I've honored them with substance. Because that's valuable. I don't know if in the back, if I miss a scripture or something. There we go. Oh, there we go. Children. Say children. Yes. Obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother. Which is the first commandment with a promise. By the way, this commandment, he says, so there's also a promise. Listen to the promise. That it may be well with you. And you may live long on the earth. Say amen. amen. So that's the gift of time. God gives you time. Say hallelujah. Amen. Number two, they followed the star. This means it is a, it's called a gift of talent. Every, if you can sing, it's a talent. The devil did not give you this talent. God gave you this talent. If I can, if I can just play piano, I'll sit behind that piano every day, the whole day. But let me just tell you something. God has a backup plan. You don't have to worship Him. He says, if you don't, the rocks will cry out. So He gave me a gift of talent. Anything that I can do, I should use it for His glory. Come on, if you can sing, sing for Him. If you can talk, talk to Him. Talk for Him. Come on, if you can build, build for Him. If whatever God has given you, present Him the gift of talent. Amen? If you're a clever business guy, that talent should go to the kingdom. Very quiet. You know, Tinas was traveling with me the one day. I sat with a preacher and some of his men. And the preacher said something and it, it, it sounded me. He said, I want to do this. I need this and I need so much money. And this is the vision. And he turned to one guy next to me and says, and this is your job. Your job is to bring in the funds. The guy said, absolutely. Your job is just to preach. My job is to bring the funds. I looked at Tinas. I said, what? What no it us? Take notes. I said to him in the place, yeah, I'm the one who makes plans. I have to take up the money. I have to build. I have to freaking paint myself. This man says, my job is to preach. Your job is to bring the provision because that's your talent. That's your gift unto the Lord. Are you listening to me? My job is not supposed to fly the plane. My job is to sit in the back, in the presence of God, listen to the Spirit of God while somebody with a talent sits up front and say it's time to bring the minister of the gospel to the place where God needs him. Come on, shout yes if you understand this. I'm telling you, everybody under the sound of my voice, it's time that you owe property. You own it. You don't rent it. You own it and you own more than enough for the kingdom of God. Shout hallelujah. How many of you are excited that you came? So if you have a gift of talent, it belongs to the Lord. When you stand before him, 
He's going to ask you, what have you done with the talent that he has given you? Why do you think Paul says, woe is me if I don't preach this gospel? Woe is me. In other words, Paul says, this is what God has called me to do. I can't stand in front of him with empty hands. I am not called to draw. I can't draw to save my life. Somebody in this building, you can draw nice. It's a talent. I'm not going to stand before the Lord one day and he can say, ha ha, you did not draw for me. But I'm going to stand before him and say, why did you not preach the gospel? Why did you not deliver? You know, I can say stuff that Uncle Denzel can't say. That's the ability that God has given me. But if I don't say it, I'll stand before him. This is why I declared, I'll present to him my gift of talent. It's time to follow the star. I said, it's time to follow the star. Tell your wife, I'm going to follow the star. Now, the Bible says, number three, they desire to worship and bring gifts. This is what they said. They came to, they, because they desire to worship the king, but also to present him gifts. That is called a gift of treasures. Say with me, a gift of treasures. It costs you something. That's what you present to the Lord. Now, again, if that gold is worth more to you than the Lord, enjoy that gold, but you're going to miss heaven. Because a lot of people don't realize this. Have you realized the Bible says that idol worshipers will go to hell? Did you know that if you worship money, you're an idol worshiper? I can check the idol worshipers in churches all over the world. You speak about money, it's like a... It's like here, anywhere. You're an idol worshiper. The pastor is not the one of the problem. You have a spirit of Judas. That's the problem. Are you listening to me? I want you to put your hand in your pocket, wherever your wallet is. If your wallet is in your bag, get your wallet out. Come on. I want you to do that. Look at that wallet. If you have money in your account, look at that. Money in your, money in your, money in your wallet. Take out that money. Look at your money. Look at your money. Money, money, money. Look at it. Do you realize? Look at your debit card if you don't have cash. Do you realize that's not yours? Yeah, okay, I, I thought I'm going to get more enthusiastic people that says it's not mine. Look at that. It's not yours. That treasure belongs to God. I said that treasure. I said that treasure belongs to God. Have you read what the Bible says? They have desired to worship Him and bring in gifts. That's a gift, gift of treasure. So I want you to look at that money. And say, from this day, I'm going to look at this differently. It does not rule me. It does not move me. I don't live for money. I don't work for money. Money works for me. Come on, say, money works for me. Because if you work for money, you'll soon worship money. You don't see your family because it's work, 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 work. I need more money, more money, more money. You die, somebody else will spend your money. There's another guy that spends your money. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> say with me from this day. Money works for me. All my treasures. But don't say this if you don't mean this. All my treasures belongs to him. My Isaac. Is his Isaac. 
Amen? Would you do that? Say amen. Come on, shout hallelujah. Say it again. Come on, one more time. Then they come and they give him the testimony or, or the gift of testimony. They came to testify that he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. Don't ever forget about the testimony of his goodness and his faithfulness. And I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stop comparing yourself to your neighbor and say, if God can just do that for me, thank God for what he has done for you. When you become thankful for what you have, God will give you more. Imagine you buy your child a, a, a car and that child does not look after that car. He's not thankful for what he has. You must be stupid to buy him a better one if you can't even look after the one that he's got. Amen? When that child shows you his thankfulness, how thankful he is, and how much he appreciates it, the parent will entrust that child with more. Have you ever thought if God can trust you with what you have and see how, how good, how, you, can, you can testify about how good he has been to you. Have you ever thought about how God can bless you with more? Stop complaining about what you don't have and start thanking God for what you do have. Somebody would give anything to have what you have. Hallelujah. So I want to take everything together. It says, this is what the Lord has instructed me. It says, this is time we tell the church. If we love the cheers and the praises of people more than Jesus, we miss it. If we love the treasures of this world, money, car, success more than we love Him, we miss it. If we love the gifts more than we love the giver of the gifts, we miss it. I'm speaking to somebody. I want somebody to help me preach in this house this morning. I want somebody, come on, to connect with me right now and realize what I'm telling you. If you, if you still choose family over Jesus, you're not worthy of Him. Come on, if you still choose that date-beat boyfriend over Jesus, you're not worthy of Him. If you still choose that, that woman in the bar over Jesus, you're not worthy of Him. I'm speaking to somebody right now. If you, if you choose that addiction over Christ, you're not worthy of Him. You'll come, have to come to a point in your life where you have to say to your family members, I love you. But if I have to choose, I'm going to choose Jesus every time. You'll have to look at your house and say, if God says, give away your house, go to Timbuktu. Then I'll say, sayonara, goodbye house. My house is in heaven. This is where I'm going. I'm just passing through. You'll have to love Jesus more than you love that car. You'll have to love Him more than that watch, more than that jewelry. Come on, more than that success, more than the likes on Facebook. You'll have to love Him more than anything others. Otherwise, you're not worthy of Him. If you're still in a place where you try to get people to like you, you are missing the plan. Of, you are missing the plan. Jesus said, you'll be hated. You'll be hated because of Him. Hated, not liked. I have not read that passage where He says, you'll be liked by many for my sake. He says, you'll be hated by many. So why do you look for the approval of man? The only approval that you need is the approval of the Father. I believe that the Lord is speaking to some people in this place. You'll have to go back to your Isaac right now. 
right now. You know me what your Isaac is. Everybody in this building has got an Isaac. I said, everybody has gotten an Isaac. Something that you, 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 you walk past that car and say, <laughs> you spend more time with your car than with your wife. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Hey, you beautiful thing. Your wife said, thank you. They brought me a car. You know, my dad told me a joke, Uncle Denzel. <laughs> when I saw you, I thought I'm going to share it with you. A guy goes to a doctor with his wife. She's very sick. The doctor comes back. He says, sir, I need to speak to you. We are dealing with a very ugly thing. He says, I know, doctor, but at least he's good for the children. <laughs> so I needed to share that with you. <laughs> the doctor says, we are dealing with an ugly thing here. I know, doctor, but at least he's good to the children. All right, so... <laughs> so if that house is more important than the Lord. And you know what's the sad thing about church? Many said here today, say, amen, amen. That's the sad thing about church. Until that reality knocks on your door, then you say, no, no, God has not spoken to me. God, you know, that message was definitely not for me. Be very careful to say amen this morning because what you amen to, God will require of you. Are you listening to me? And you're not, I'm not talking to you about a person that does not know what I'm talking about. I've given away everything. If you, can, if you can mention it, I gave it away for the gospel's sake. There's many things in my life that my wife and I had to get rid of. Pay the price to go. I have to sell stuff. Early, early years, I had to sell stuff just to get to some places to preach the gospel. Price possessions. But I've realized this. Unless we come back to our very first love, and make Jesus everything. I'm telling you people, if you spend more time with anything else than you love His presence, you've got a problem. Are you listening to me right now? You, you, you feel, again, go back on our kids. You know, I don't want to teach them the right things because shame. You love them more than you love God. He says, follow my commandments. You want to follow me? Follow my commandments. I want you to lift your hands and declare with me today. And again, for those of you that, that means business of the Lord, I want you to declare and say, Lord, there will nothing, there, nothing, nothing, nothing will be more important than your cause. From this morning, it's about your kingdom. Not about my own kingdom, about your kingdom. The time that I have on the earth is not my time. I present to you the gift of time. It is your time, Lord. Your time. And every second, every minute, you will value. I'm talking to people that just, you just live to exist. Stop existing. The time that the Lord has given you, He wants you to live fully. I present my treasure, my gift of time to Him. The Bible says they've opened up their treasures. There was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Something that was costly. I, I, I'm telling you this as the preacher today. I believe that God is asking you for something costly today. Time is costly. You've skipped out on church for far too long. Because everything else was more important on a Sunday. It's His time. You have to come and present the gift of talent to Him. Say, Lord, whatever is in my ability, whatever you have called me to do, that's yours. If I don't do it, the rocks will cry out. But Lord, don't let the rocks cry out. 
Say with me, Lord, please don't let the rocks cry out. Don't find anybody else to do the job, Lord. I want to do it. You are not called just to be in that business, to work for that company Monday to a Friday. That's not what God has called you to do. There's more. You have a purpose. You have to present Him that gift. Say, Lord, I have come to give you the gift of my treasure. Whatever my prized possession is, is yours. Imagine the Lord in the book of Acts moves people to give away properties and money so that nobody lack among them. Because they came to one accord, one mind and said it's nothing more important. This is the first church that has proved that Jesus Christ is everything to them. We are the last church on the earth before Jesus returns. We must be that church that says, we are coming back to our very first love. I'm telling you, you can lose your spiritual dignity this morning. Your spiritual manners. But get hungry for the things of God again. Get desperate for the things of God again. Get back to your first love. And Lord, I'm giving you the gift of testimony. I thank you for your goodness over my life. Now, I want to ask every single one of you in this building. For the next two minutes to start to thank God for His goodness. Not for what you want, for that He was the one who carried you through when nobody else wanted you. Come on, right now, wherever you are, I want you to open up your mouths and present to Him that gift of testimony. Thank Him that He's a good Father to you. He has fed you. There's a song that says, there's a song that says, there's a roof up above me. I have shoes on my feet. There's food on my table. Oh, yeah. And shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing on me. There's a roof up above me. I have a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord. For your blessings on me. Come on, one more time. There's a roof up above me. I've got a good place to sleep. There's food on my table and shoes on my feet. You gave me your love, Lord. And a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Can I ask you just two more minutes to thank him? Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you are the same 
yesterday, today, and forever. All these people that are standing in front of me, everybody, every one of them has something to thank you for. You're a good God. Where would we have been have it not been for your goodness and your mercy? Some of us would have been dead, lost, broken. But because of you, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. We thank you so much. We thank you so much. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Come on, I want you to say loud, thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Come on, say loudly, thank you for the clothing on my back. For the food, Lord, on my table. Thank you for the shoes on my feet. Thank you for the roof up about me, Lord. Come on, thank Him for your job. Thank God for the job that He has given you. Thank Him for your business. Thank Him for your children. Thank Him for your spouse. Come on, thank Him. Thank Him for His mercy. Never forget to be thankful. It's His doing. It's His doing. I said it's His doing. Now I want people in this place that says this morning I want to I want to present to him the greatest gift of time I want to give him my gift of talent come on my gift of my treasury my gift of my testimony if you are one of them I want you to run to the front come on as as a sign of your faith and I want you to lift your hands to heaven and I want you to make a covenant of the Lord what gift do you bring to the king this morning what gift do you bring to the lover of your soul? What gift do you bring to your very first love? And again, this is not an easy thing to do. This is not an easy thing to come and say. But people, that means business of the Lord. I'm speaking to them. What gift do you bring to the King of glory? If, if a husband comes out, I don't want you to come out alone. If your wife is with you, bring her with you. If a wife comes out, don't come out alone. Bring your husband with you. What gift do you bring the king this morning? And remember to whom much is given, much shall be required of. God has given you talent. You have to use it for his kingdom. If he has given you financial ability, you have to use it for his kingdom. God has given you time. You have to use it for His kingdom. Those of you that's coming out, come close, as close as you can, so that they can, we can fit the people. I wanted to do this as a prophetic declaration of people that, that's coming out boldly and say, Lord, this is I proclaim. Everything that I have is yours. Come with you that's coming to the front. You are the one who says, I'm no longer working for money. Money is working for me. You're going to leave this place with a new mindset. My house is not mine. It's His. My house is in heaven. I'm just passing through. My car is not my prized possession. Jesus is my most prized possession. My business is not my prized possession. Jesus is my most prized possession. Everybody that stands here in the front, lift your hands, close your eyes and hear me. You can lose your business, but when you lose Jesus... You have lost much. You can lose family members. Yes, it's, 
It's sad if you have to lose your kids and your wife and your husband. But if you have to choose, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. If you give the Lord your business, He'll give you a hundredfold. You give the Lord your marriage, He'll bless your marriage a hundredfold. You give Him your company, He'll give you a hundredfold. You give Him your job, He'll bless you a hundredfold. You come and honor Him with the gift of time, He'll give you a hundredfold time. You, Lord, you come to the Lord, you bring the treasure of talent, He'll give you a hundredfold in return. You come to worship and give Him treasures, He'll give you a hundredfold. He says, anybody who has given up houses and property, family for my sake, will receive in this life a hundredfold and the life to come eternal life. Peter said, Lord, we forsook all to follow you. How many of you can truly say, Lord, I have forsaken all to follow you? He says, unless you forsake everything, you cannot be my disciple. I'm speaking to people right now. You have to deal with that Isaac in your life. As long as you worship Isaac, you'll always be bound. But the minute you say, Lord, I love you more than I love Isaac, there will be a, a turn in your life. I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, this is the time that we keep the main thing, the main thing. It's all about Jesus. Again, I'm telling you right now, this life that we're in is but for a season, it's but for a moment. This is not where we will stay forever. We have a home in heaven. But on this earth, we'll use His time. We'll use His talent. We'll, give the, we'll use His treasuries. And we'll use His testimony. I'm asking you this again, church. What gift do you bring to the King? What do you present to the King this morning? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the one that searches our hearts. He knows exactly what's in us. Therefore, don't let your own heart corrupt you and blind you. You know exactly what's going on on the inside of you, what's more important. I want you to give that to the Lord this morning. And again, I'm not just preaching to the people here in the front. You in the front, it's just those of you that's willingly coming to the Lord and say, Lord, I make a vow that everything is yours. Everything is yours. Now, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you so much that our eyes is on you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of forsaking everything. You spoke to Abraham, you said, go out from among your own people. Come out from your own land to a place where I will show you. And there I will bless you and I will cause you to become a blessing. He has forsaken all of his security. And he has followed you. Lord, may us help us that we might become like these men of faith. And these men of old, these patriots of faith. It says we will forsake everything to follow Jesus. Come on, right now I want you to agree with me and say, Lord, I'll, I'll pay that price. My time is yours. Come on, give him, that, give him that gift of time. Give him that gift of time.
Come on, make him a vow this morning that I will never make excuses to be in the house of God, to spend time with you, to testify about the goodness of the Lord. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. As the word says, whom shall we send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, Lord, send me. For my time is, is not mine, it's yours. Lord, Paul says, life is like a vapor. It passes so quickly. So here is our time. We present it as a gift to you. Come on, give that gift to him right now. Give that gift to that king right now. You say, Lord, I have come to give you the gift of talent. Not everybody can preach, but if I can't preach, I'll preach as long as I live. I'll preach until the day that I die. I'll sing until the day I can no longer sing. I'll bolt, Lord. I'll, whatever you have given me to do as a talent, I give it back to you, Lord. It's yours. Come on, wrap that gift up. And say, so I have come, Lord, to open up the treasury this morning and to present to the King of Kings my best. Lord, I have come to present my gift of treasure and worship. My desire is just to come and worship with my treasure. My business is yours. My job is yours. My finances, my investments, my property, my cars, my jewelry, whatever. It's yours, Lord. It's yours. Again, be careful. If you say it's yours and God requires it, you can't go back on your word. Whatever is yours, Lord. Whatever is mine, it's yours. Lord, I come and from the treasury, I give you the, the gift of testimony. You are the king of my life, the king of my time. I will forsake everything to follow you, to become your disciple. Come on, agree with me. This means, Lord, if I have to lose people, I'll lose them. But I never want to lose you. I never want to lose your peace. I never want to lose your presence. You see, the Bible says, blessed is the man that does not sit with the counsel of the ungodly. God calls you to be separate from among them. God is calling the church to separation. And it's time that the church come back to the lover of their souls and put Jesus as number one. Don't worry about getting famous. Your job on the earth is to make Him famous. To get Him liked. Not about us, it's about Him. So Lord, here's our lives. I pray for these people, Lord. Those who have made a commitment, lift your hands to heaven. I ask you from this moment that they will have no lack. They will never lose their peace. They will never lose their joy. But you will become their full joy, the fullness of their joy, the fullness of their peace. As they make this commitment, I pray, Father, that their bonds will overflow in the name of Jesus.
that you will make them the head and not the tail. I ask you, Lord, that you will add years to their lives. That you put time. I just heard, I just heard him say, I'll make the sun and the moon to stand still. To get your purpose fulfilled. There's a purpose that God has on the earth. Listen to me right now. God is not allowing the sun to say today, not after the fight has been won. You better hear this preacher. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is won. I prophesy this to you by the authority of the Holy Ghost. Before the sun sets tonight, the victory will be won. In Jesus' mighty name. Because you made the commitment. Because you gave him the gift of time. I tell you right now, the sun will not set. Not until the battle has been won. Come on, you receive this word by faith. I said, you receive this word by faith. anoint them, set them on fire, put your hand on your heart, I ask you for a renewed love, Holy Spirit let him fall in love of Jesus over and over and over again, let him come to that place where they realize I'm nothing without him, nothing, there's people standing here, you better hear me, the Lord knows that you've You've lost people. People spoke against you. They hated you. They lied about you. But the hundredfold is coming. The, the harvest is about to be as white as snow. There's many that has given away great things for the kingdom of the Lord. I'm telling you a hundredfold in this life. This is what he says. The word says, to whom much is given, much shall be required. I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, let them